Hello, and welcome to Life's Difficult, a podcast where we discuss the many challenging aspects of modern life and how we attempt to navigate them. I'm Milos, and as always, I'm joined by Mikhail. How's it going, Mikhail? Not too bad. Another week goes by, and uh, lots of interesting hap- a lot of interesting things happening around the world. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll be very relevant to what we talk about, even if we don't necessarily directly reference them. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, this, this week we're talking about the uh, difficulty with ideologies. Ooh. Yeah, it's, 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 this, Ooh, we're going there. Well, well it's, 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 it's a tough one, right? Because it's both broad, but also I think in the way we're going to talk about it, fairly specific because we, we do kind of have to define what we're talking about here uh, yeah. right off the bat because I guess anything can be an ideology and then it, and then it's almost not worth talking about. Like my ideology so, is, 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 you know, you, you can make it just about anything. Yeah. I think more relevant is, you know, political or religious or cultural yes. so like, I, ideology. I, I actually looked up the uh, dictionary definition of this because I had this idea for the topic, but I was thinking very in a very narrow mindset, in a very narrow-minded way. So when I decided to do some research for this, first thing I did was I looked it up. And uh, if I remember the definition correctly, it was something along the lines of, um, very, it, it, it's a, it's a uh, grouping or a number of very strongly held beliefs mm-hmm. that are usually economic, uh, economic, political, or religious. So you you're actually right on the you you right on the money. And I think I think one of the biggest things to understand with it initially with the like um, with the definition that we give it is, you know, we're not talking about oh I have a strong opinion about sports. I think LeBron James is the best ever. First off, you're wrong. Second off, <laughs> what, what was that accent? Why, why is that person? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We don't want them on the podcast. They're not coming back. We're not inviting them back. But the point being is, uh, you know, it, it, this usually comes down to the things that are very much seen as life and death. You know, economics. Uh, yeah, to some the people, building blocks of life. Building blocks of life. These are the, the usually when you build an ideology around something, it's something that is, you know, so important to you that that you're willing to rage at strangers on the internet for it, which yeah. may not seem like a very high bar in today's day and age. Yeah, that's, that's just, just about everything. So <laughs> yeah. we're, we're back to square back one. Back to square one, no. But you know what I mean. You I, know, I, I, I get you, I get you. Joking and, around, but... And so I guess the starting point um, for me is just, just to say ideology is entirely understandable um, just because there's only so much time in a day if you're working... A nine to five, you have a, you know, you have kids, you have whatever else you're doing in your life. You need easy kind of groupings for certain facets of your life to make sense, even if they're somewhat facile, even if they're in some way reductive. Um, and I guess just by using those words, <laughs> I'm getting across that I don't actually like people who are ideologically bent, mm-hmm. but. Um, but yeah, I'm qualifying it by saying I get it. Like I, this is not coming. This is not coming from a place of judgment or something because we've all fallen into this. You mm-hmm. and I definitely have, and everybody will. Yeah. But it's being cautious of it because um, it almost inevitably becomes a problem mm-hmm. in the way uh, people think. Uh, I think there's one thing there that you mentioned that I think just needs to be brought up is the fact that. Um, 
the other thing about ideologies, and I guess maybe this wasn't expressed in the uh, definition, is it's not just the firmly held beliefs, but it's all. But it comes with a certain level of not looking at or avoiding certain things that run counter to your beliefs. That's a big part of it. Like we have to address that right away. Okay, that's what makes it fast and reductive, right? Is the fact that you have this very strong belief set that is not that that's gonna intrinsically because it's an ideology in some ways, or at least this is my way of defining maybe you don't agree with this but because it's an ideology that is what makes it reductive in the sense that you have decided that this is the truth and that you're not willing to look for truth outside of this framework okay so this this is where i don't agree with you necessarily but i agree with you practically mm. and so we're basically on the same page and by my ideology oh. requires you agree with me fully <laughs> and so the so point, you're a heathen li listen here you <laughs> no no but um it, it, it's that there's a difference between ideology and dogma mm -hmm. right so what you're describing in my head is dogma mm -hmm. but they tend to end uh, they end up overlapping almost so so greatly that it that there's almost no mm -hmm. distinction really yeah. to be made just because um yeah, I, I, I guess I can envision somebody who's ideological but still completely open, changing their mind, yeah. completely open-minded. Um, um, they're just like, look, we have a certain set, set of beliefs that happen to adhere with this ideology, but I'm completely, uh, I'm, 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 I'm not sensitive about it. I'm happy to change my mind given new information and new arguments. Mm -hmm. That's all possible, but it's just less likely once you identify with something, right? And yes. I guess that's the greatest harm with ideology. It's the identification because then it's it's not like here is a set of ideas that I find interesting. And so I guess I'm a liberal or I'm a conservative or I'm a whatever. It's, oh, no, I am now aligned with this in a, in a sense that like my identity would be wounded if mm -hmm. these set of yeah. ideas were criticized. And yeah, and I think that the big thing too is it's also a little bit of, you know, contemporary contextualization in the sense that we are talking about this in like year four or five of like the greatest culture war that we've seen in the last 30 <laughs> years, right? So it's like, it, I think you're absolutely right. You could you could have an ideology and not be completely cemented in or, or, not, or not come off as dogmatic, but I think in our charged political and uh, social environment that we live in right now in the West, yeah. it's very hard to think of somebody who has a strong ideology but isn't you know, fervently on the left and fervently on the right. And part of that is because both sides are slinging so much mud at each other that they're, um, and sorry, this is a little bit of side tension, but you know, yeah. there's, there's that idea of like, people on the center are being forced to pick a side because both sides are saying, or maybe not both sides right now. If, right now, it feels like maybe it's much stronger on the left. They're pushing people out of their boat saying, you're either with us or you're against us. And I feel like because the right is a little bit less popular right now, they're taking in everybody. But we used to see the same thing before where the right would kick out everyone on the center to be like, you're not one of us. And and so there's there's a little bit of that too. It's like, I feel like because because we don't have a healthy middle right now, it doesn't seem like there's a possibility to have a non-dogmatic ideological person. Yeah, it's true, and it's it's also um, again now now talking about the harms of ideology, which you're now laying out. Mm -hmm. It's that it, it it almost encourages uh, kind of political gamesmanship, us versus them, right? 
No, it's, it's not just us, us versus them. It's also a kind of trickiness in the way you go back and forth with each other. It's because, because these labels are so um, imprecise, mm-hmm. because they're so uh, low resolution, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of, let's just if we take a step back and we think, here's a map of the world. Here's a landscape of the important things in life. Mm-hmm modern day ideology in the way that it's used is the lowest resolution way of on it's still a way of understanding so it is a framework that's why i say i get it it's mm-hmm. it, it does have some utility but it's the grainiest <laughs> oldest camera that you've got and taking a picture of it and trying to understand it mm-hmm. and that's the issue because let, let me uh, try an example again we're talking left and right so it's mm-hmm. easy somebody on the right will call let's let's say like a kind of sort sort of rel- relevant example is right-wingers calling Disney like a communist company right now because they're supporting a, a certain bill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is, uh, uh, in their opinion, you know, cu- culturally very... Uh, how, how do you put it? The don't say gay bill is... Just uh, it's it's it's. Well, actually, it's, I think it's the other way. Disney is opposing that bill, right? Or they're... no, no, no. They're they're yeah, exactly they're they're, yeah, opposing, they're opposing they're opposing the bill, and because they're opposing it, right wingers are saying um, that they're at least too some woke. Portion, uh, yeah, they're saying they, that Disney's too woke now. Basically. They're too, but but that's the thing. Like, it's it's a muddying between um, social or cultural conservatism and leftism versus political or policy-based leftism or conservatism. Mm -hmm. And so calling Disney Marxist or communist is really comical, right? It's the most money-hungry corporation or amongst the most in the world. And that's what I mean talking about, like, imprecise political gamesmanship or this low yeah. resolution stuff. So I, I think I see what you're saying is like someone comes out, like for example, that's an example of a culture war thing, right? So you have a culture war aspect where some company is taking a hard left culture war stance and then you have the right wingers hurling economic insults and stuff like that where it's like the, these two, like, and you see, but I mean, and I think this is part of also, I mean, this is, this is what we see in the culture war a lot of is this, this, the fact that we have this duality of left and right completely, at least in, in, in you know, in America, and I, I think it's becoming in Canada too. There's not really much of a, like we just had the two major parties coalesce, like the NDP and the Liberals are together. So now it's very much left-right here, as, as yeah. just, just the same yeah. way as it is in the States. And I think what, yeah, what you're pointing out is things are like, things are just being um, confounded routinely and put together to to simplify things you know if you're if you're quote-unquote culturally woke the assumption is that you must then therefore also be a hardline communist a bernie supporter someone who wants to you know get everybody on ubi and all this stuff but even there it's just like bernie sanders is not in 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 terms of a worldwide sense like some fringe far lefter he'd be a social democrat yeah um, again, and this is why I hate the. Imp- and it all gets it all gets lumped in on that one side, all of it. But that's why I hear that. I, I think this imprecision of language and labeling is is so detrimental. Because actually, let me just go back to my previous point. Because mm. I 
I stumbled so slowly to get it, getting to it that I think I actually lost the point that I was trying to make. But my point was, by that imprecision, you end up having two people, or two sides rather, talk past each other constantly. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think you can, uh, a right-winger, whether you agree or not, can make a fairly uh, um, narrow critique about cer- certain social left-leaning uh, um worldviews right now right mm-hmm. but if he just uses a sloppy word like communist that left-leaning person will be like what are you talking about disney is not like again if they're defending disney they're not at all communist they're yeah. like this corporation but it's like you've both just talked past each other the right wing is trying to attack something socially and then the left winger is confused because they're wondering what the hell does communism have to do with Disney? Yeah, and this and it go, and it goes it, it goes obviously both ways of like, um, you know if if the 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 reverse is calling a right winger a fascist and then he's thinking of Nazis, but they're thinking of like oh you're not supporting this whatever uh, agenda item mm-hmm. that that they think is. <laughs> synonymous with being a fashion you know it's it's, yeah. it's a lot of sloppiness with language that i i I, th- I think just drags everybody into the mud it makes everybody more confused it's it's easier to caricaturize uh, caricaturize people on either side doing that and that's why i think like yeah there's some utility in these ideological labels they can be very useful but we've just seen too many it's too consistently not useful and actually counterproductive that I just want to say that it should be dispensed with altogether. And it's mm-hmm. just, it is a problem. Yeah. It, 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 there's no baby in the bathwater. <laughs> just to throw it all out. Like it's, it's, it, it does not work for me anymore. It's, it encourages lazy thinking, bad faith attacks, and it just constantly le- leads to the roughest, most untractable way of understanding each other. Mm-hmm. So I, I really do think it needs to now come back to, and again, this might be annoying in terms of quickly getting a read on somebody, um, but just go point by point. What yeah. do you think about this? Let me hear you out. Yeah. And, and that way you get a proper picture of somebody and it's not quick, but I think that that rush to judgment is, a, is the issue to begin with. So maybe it's better that things are not quick. Yeah, I think the other thing that, this brings up is the fact that in some ways, like, I don't know, you know, people, I don't know, there's a lot of different views on what started the culture war, how do we get to where we are right now? Mm-hmm. But then there is one of the potential reasons for it is because, uh, or at least what I've heard some people speculate is that it's the lack of an attention span. As we drove down the attention span with social media, with, you know, news that had three minute takes on complex issues and then go to the next piece and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, it kind of forced you to figure out the sharpest way to get your point across. And mm. in some ways that plays to the idea of very strong, rigid ideologies because if you have seven seconds of someone's attention before they're going to scroll off and look at memes or dog videos or you know do whatever the hell else, get on Netflix and binge watch something, um, then you have very little time to garner support for your, your cause, whatever it is. And so you want to you know, speak to your cause as quickly as you can. And I think it's almost like, it's almost like how corporations have bought up all the sub companies. Like Coca-Cola owns like 
hundreds of companies in the food and beverages aisles. So that regardless, you think mm-hmm. you think you're choosing this one instead of I'm I'm going for Mountain Dew instead of Seven Up. No, you're choosing Coca Cola or Pepsi. You're still on on a on a bifurcated line. And I feel like a lot of a lot of issues have just out of convenience. I feel been put on this bifurcated line. Hey, are you pro the environment? You're on the left. Hey, are you anti-COVID lockdowns? You're on the right. Hey, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, wow, like it just, it's weird how these things became this way, but I think this speaks to the fact that right now it almost feels like there is a time and place for ID for strong ideologies to manifest and really become a norm. And I, I, I think it's now, but then at the same time, I don't think I've ever really examined what the world was like prior to now. It's it's almost like, I feel like it's just as possible that I'm only now waking up to this, but really the world has been like this for the last 20, 30 years. We just haven't been involved in the, in whatever the, the strong ideologies were. Maybe maybe we're too young and we're just saying, you know, screw all that. So, um, in some ways, y- y- yes and no. Like, it's, it's, I think political hostility has always been there and it's all i mean if you just go into the kind of post 9 11 period mm-hmm. people who weren't pro-war were really really badly ostracized the french got it bad <laughs> well the, <laughs> the, the poor francaise <laughs> they, they were um people who lost their jobs in, in newsrooms they were just um mm-hmm. people who were called traitors for questioning like the iraq war and stuff like mm-hmm. that so that kind of political hostility has been there for a while. That kind of promotion of disinformation by uh, uh, the media and by politicians has been there mm-hmm. for a long time. But this unique brand of everything is now political, everything now is a side. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, just by using the word unique there, I, it just goes to show that, yeah, this, it, it, is, it is novel. Um, um, and it's, it's, I think really a kind of Trump era byproduct, mm-hmm. um, that's just, it's not going to go away. It's, it's now the forever culture war. It, it, it really feels like there, there needs to be some foundational shift to change this way mm-hmm. of thinking because it's so intoxicating for people. Yeah. We- weaponizing politics is... If, if you're swinging the cudgel, it's very, very satisfying and it's very kind I of, think, it's a powerful feeling to have. Yeah, and it's not just weaponizing politics, but it's weaponizing so many aspects of life. It's like, I mean, I think of, you know, you think of the concept of virtue signaling. That's become such a huge, like, people didn't used to have the same uh, soapboxes to virtue signal in the past, but now you do, and now you can align yourself with a political cause and a social cause and an environmental cause and all these things, and it's like those have all become so weaved into the culture war. Every like the shows like, and and it feels like everybody's getting on board. Like the culture war is just going full swing. Like yeah. you know, certain companies are getting on board. Like um, I don't know if you heard about it. The Daily Wire has released its own kids series because they claim that Disney's gone too woke. Like yes, they, and they also have their own movie studio. So it's now yeah. literally, you know, right-wing media and left-wing yeah. media all the way across the board, not just news, but entertainment yeah. and music and right. Like, I mean, to be fair, The Daily Wire is like tiny compared to Hollywood. And uh, the, 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 for the, sure. The, the but, giants there. But it's funny too because you look at some of these like 
really woke company giants and it's like some of the stuff that you guys have on your streaming services does not go along with the way you like you know what I mean like like it, I think of even like old episodes of the office my god they say things now that you're not allowed to say and it's but like old episodes of any decent anything, comedy yeah. uh probably would not be produced now oh hell no hell no or if they did they'd be like a late night comedy show where they're purposely pushing the edge but even then it'd be like way more representation and, and way more they, they they at least bow to the sacred cows in the way that they have to because i feel like hollywood definitely like it's there's no surprise hollywood and most of the major media's uh, producing companies lean heavily left yeah but, but the, the, there's an element of just v- cynical corporatism there right so yeah. a lot of what you're talking about um even earlier about just everything now falling there there's these fault lines and you fall on either side of them it almost feels like a byproduct of just late still late stage capitalism of that that um everything has been commercialized so now everything has to be used as a corporate uh um uh, uh, i was gonna say corporate cudgel but that's not quite right mm-hmm. but like as a corporate tool mm-hmm. right so there were first first there were social issues but like corporations kind of tried to stay out of the political realm or out of the mm-hmm culture wars right but like now they're fully in because you see bad for business right you but see that, bad for business the cause that kind of, but i think don't you think like some businesses are still having that mentality of this is bad for business like i can't help but wonder if like i i get it right now the, i feel like the, the the train towards certain progressive values is like it's got a ton of steam from the last couple of years and it's chugging along trump lost in 2020 biden came in he did all this stuff and it's like you almost feel like the left has had a resounding win and they're really pushing this train, but I can't help but wonder what happens when they lose steam or anything happens. And, and there's, I, there's gotta be a lot of businesses that are just like, like you said, the, the cheap corporatism, they'll put up, you know, it's like when it's pride week, they put the rainbow flag on their, on their logo. And then after that, they forget that homosexuals exist for the other 11 months because they don't care. Yeah. Or, or, or it's like Raytheon, the, this is the, the peak example of, Raytheon will be like, oh yeah, our CEO is is a woman, and we've got a ra- rainbow flag on our plane as it drops bombs on poor Middle Eastern children, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's is that kind of thing of like, it's very superficial kind of uh, hangings of something without any actual meaningful policy to to, to match it, right? Mm-hmm. That's actually what frustrates me, right? Because I'd be way more um, I would have way more respect for for either side, but especially the left, if it just didn't feel like it was an act mm-hmm. of like whatever it might be, whether if it's on Black Lives Matter, everybody's gonna take a knee and got in the streets. But like, what's your policy fixes? Have you actually mm-hmm. passed anything? Yeah, if you, you did, if lives better. Yeah, on the ground, not 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 like again i'm not saying this has no value but like casting a black lead in a film um while cool is just so much less important than the average working class black man in the streets of wherever and trying to help him whether it's dealing with the cops or dealing in his own community or like dealing with the violence in the community or empowering them f- for, um, you know, whatever their business ideas might be. Yeah. You know, actually, like, give giving p- 
people, the resources to actually get somewhere, then it's like, okay, you marched on the streets, but you also helped make these lives, these people's lives better. Mm-hmm. Now I can get behind you, or at least like I consider you legitimate. I don't know how mm-hmm. else to put it, but like you're yeah, actually doing something. Yeah, even if they mess up in what they're doing, at least show some, at least show some action that that proves that you're trying to help the people that you say you are. And I mean, maybe that's maybe that's faulty media. I haven't done. I personally have not done enough research into what the BLM organization has done. I've only seen the news recently where they get into the scandals because... There's a lot of hypocrisy in the movement of, like, yeah. a lo- a, you know, a lot of them Didn't are... they just buy mansions in a super white area and, like, people... Yeah, but the, play, like, again, this is what I'm talking about. That. Like, um, there could have been a beautiful movement there, right? Like, they, mm-hmm. they could have... If it was actually a policy-based movement about, you know, police reformation, trying to maybe tackle gun culture though i think that's impossible like area to rewind in the u.s but you know like at least things that may that that really would make the average person's lives better or hell actually if you want being straight up if you actually want to make people's lives better just something like getting universal health care right that's going to make everybody but especially black black people because they're actually the poorest population right so Mm -hmm. um not having that 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 the weight of, of of like medical bills on your neck all the time is going to make your life better yeah um and and uh, hell let's go to COVID, right like if you're so sincerely worried about the health of people which i am but then i'm also for getting everybody health care mm-hmm. don't again it's it's not that like i'm, I'm not saying like you that, that that like it's an either or proposition you can talk about two things at once but mm-hmm. i do think it's a little bit suspect if like you're screaming about masking and covid and all these things that i i've again like uh, um fair enough Mm -hmm. but if you're just using it to criticize the other side and you're not actually like advocating for in a greater sense healthcare for everybody Mm -hmm. then yeah you're a little bit full of it because you you care only insofar as you can abuse the other side not insofar that you actually care about the average person yeah and and it is funny in COVID too. It seems like both sides had very broken views. It's like either you are completely against masking and vaccines and all that stuff, and you don't you don't care at all about public health, or you are completely like it's like so one side, one side in some ways. Although I will personally say I'm more like I lean and when it comes to COVID, I unfortunately lean towards the quote unquote right because I very do think, unfortunate. Well, I mean, yeah, actually not before. I don't care. I do probably, but uh, but yeah, right. And we lost seventeen viewers. No, I'm kidding. Um, but the point being is like, you know, that side, there can be there can be arguments made that it's a little bit callous. You're not thinking of the people who are most at risk. You're not thinking of the people who are immunosuppressed, who can't who can't just enjoy things normally because they are actually at great great risk of COVID. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can make that argument, and I agree with that. That's that's very true. And the way to address that is to address that problem with this idea but instead the other side just you know shames you for wanting to go out without a mask like even now like i think was it you that shared that tweet of the doctor the, i, I love this airport. tweet right yeah. so we're we are going to date ourselves slightly with this mm-hmm. one but it's uh just for us in the time of recording just recently the mask mandate has been lifted in the u.s the aviation mask mandate so on planes you are allowed to um you're allowed to go without a mask 
Yeah, and and there's this tweet of this lady. I uh, I think she's a, uh, she's a doctor. Okay, she's a doctor. Or at least her Twitter her Twitter handle says she's a doctor. And I think she is. I think she's she, legit an epidemiologist. Yes, yes. Which um, again, great. But like, she her tweet is like in defiance of this the recent like removal of the mask mandate. I am double. I'm double masked, and I'm just like, <laughs> I think you miss like you fundamentally misunderstand. <laughs> what you're saying because again and and again we're, we're if anything we're not on opposite sides of this because mm-hmm. i don't think we tend to lean towards extremes in any case and that's why mm-hmm. we're kind of doing this in the first place yeah but insofar as we can categorize ourselves i think you're more right and i'm more left and um you know i just got my third vax the other week so there you go but <laughs> but, but but um but anyway just going back to this tweet but like even even being you know pro vaccination and all this stuff like the mask mandate is an imposition that doesn't mean i think it's right or wrong that's besides mm. the point but it it might it might have been necessary at some point but it's an imposition the removal of a mandate means a you know, you have the freedom to now do whatever you want. You can mask or not mask. Mm-hmm. So her trying to s- pretend like she's taking this brave stand against the government mm-hmm. when the government's saying like, hey, you do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarre to me. It's like this weird, again, now it goes all the way back to ideology. It's like some people are in forever COVID mindset. Yeah. Right. And, uh, or COVID zero, which is just as bad. The idea that we're, that COVID is not going to finish until we have zero COVID cases on the planet. Yeah. Which, which is, is never going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, and again, this is not about to get, this is not about getting to, to, into the weeds about mm-hmm. specific issues, but it's just, it just goes to show that you can be so captured by something that you really lose sight of what you're even saying. Cause that woman is clearly highly intelligent. She, like mm-hmm. you said, she's a, she's a doctor, right? She's, yeah. <laughs> She should know better than to tweet something so silly, silly out. But mm-hmm. again, it's that ideological capture. She's in the trenches. Mm-hmm. She's fighting for her side. Yeah. And so she had to put out her, her war tweet. But like, yeah. it's, it's, it's so silly. Um, okay, so I think we've discussed a fair bit about what it does to people in terms mm-hmm. of their mindsets and how harmful it can be. But the other aspect of ideology that I want to discuss is the fact that it's so amorphous and that's why it can be really kind of silly and um, just think about it, right? Like within our lifetime, within our fairly fairly recent li- lifetime actually, you, you got um, the right wing in the US being very kind of anti-Russia and very hawkish about them and very nervous about them, right? Like Mitt Rom- famously, Mitt Romney t- talked about Russia being the biggest threat to the U.S. in a mm-hmm. debate with Obama in um, leading into the uh, 10, 2012 election. Mm-hmm. And Obama ridiculed him and everybody laughed at him on the left and they said, you know, what a weird Cold War mentality to have. And now, and, and then four <laughs> years later, it's the left that think Russia is the biggest threat and um, the right is kind of provides cover for Russia in many mm-hmm. ways. And now obviously taken another, you know, six years forward from there. And now it's a whole other level because Russia's actually invaded Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, 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 it's, 
it's even crazier now that the right wing is providing cover yeah. <laughs> for for Russia and uh, but it just goes to show that like so then what is right and left there mm-hmm. right and 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 similarly like there's a perception and I think it's sort of bared out by some some of the policy not not all of it because I, I you know um, in terms of policy I don't think either party does a whole lot but I'd say the right wing does even less mm-hmm. um, but anyway with that said the left was always considered the working class party and the right wing is considered the more corporate and elitist party. Mm-hmm. That's flipped too. Yeah. There's this right wing populism now where, you know, your average person, your truck driver, those sort of people are very much, they think uh, the left are liberal elites that are out of mm-hmm. touch and the right wing is more, you know, down to earth. That's probably not true. They're probably both, <laughs> both parties are probably well, you, uh, kind you of... make the argument there's neocons and neolibs in both sides that are just, you know placating whoever they want while they continue to, to cater to corporate needs, right? Oh, like the, they'll, they'll, why, why neocons? Because that's just to do with foreign policy. I guess... For I, the most part. Yeah, I, I mean, okay, so maybe I'm misusing the term to be totally fair. I've, you, I've heard the term used, and, and it, maybe this is, this is definitely a place where I definitely need to educate myself more, but I've, I've heard the term used also as, yes, in foreign policy, but also in terms of, like, conservatives who just tow certain old school aspects of the party line, like being hawkish, like supporting war, like supporting certain things that would just continue to benefit the military industrial complex while not necessarily caring about other right wing parts of the vote. Right. Um, And that could be wrong. I'm I'm, I'm totally. So, I mean, you're, you're not, you're not wrong. I just, I I think neoliberals Mm -hmm. actually encapsulate a lot of the right wing. Yeah, because neoliberalism just means like free free market capitalism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're pro a lot of these kind of. Uh, uh, um, what they are is that they're they're kind of in the I feel like in the mold of Reaganomics, mm-hmm. um, and so a lot of the left and right fall under that, and that that's also why. Um, a lot of the squabbling is kind of false or it's it's not false but it's a bit of a distraction from what really matters for the average working class person because mm-hmm. both parties are happy to like ship off your jobs elsewhere and yeah other stuff so and and, yeah. and i mean i would ask you do you think that there's uh, people people think that there's version not versions but within the party that there's difference and there's it's clear on the left that within the party there's there's splits because you oh, look yeah. at people like bernie sanders he's very populist He's yeah. super popular, but that's why I don't put him up for election. Because <laughs> God forbid he wins. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting and and I, what I think is very interesting is how and this kind of relates to ideology is how, you know, in some uh, I saw I didn't read the full article, but I saw a headline that talked about how. Um, oh God, I'm gonna get it wrong, but it was it was something along the lines of how. Uh, oh no, I remember what it was. It said how young Trump voters support the Amazon Union. Uh, uh, not the union struggle, strike, but the, yeah. the union struggle. The yeah. fact that Amazon workers are trying to unionize, and again, that is like the right is supposed to be the business party. It's your the, your they, ideology. Yeah, they they, right. they 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 want union busting, right? Yeah, yeah, they're the the right is supposed to be the guys who are coming in and union busting, and yet you have young right wing voters who are like, no, we're pro union. And I think part of that too is like our zeitgeist. Like if you're a millennial, like me personally, I'm so pro that all those you. I, Part of me is because it's also going after companies that are like have talked about how progressive they are for so long. Like I love that Starbucks is union busting, 
Like they're like they're like the they're like the quintessential like we're so radical left. We believe in every progressive policy. Oh, you guys want to unionize? No, you're all fired. Like it's like it, it's such. I love because but it, again, this is this is it just goes back to the cynical furnishings. Uh, mm-hmm, uh, uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a performative acti- activism without exactly. anything behind it. Exactly, and I think that I think and ironically, just to bring it back to the concept of ideologies, I think these cracks in the performance are what's going to bring us back to a more complex, a more nuanced, and a world where more people can enter the center and realize that the culture war is a little bit of phony baloney bullshit because again like like that that's the that's the greatest example i can think of the most progressive company in the world is union busting instead of negotiating with their workers mm-hmm. they they're supposed to be the and and fun and i mean i don't know that much i i follow this you know in a certain spaces yeah but um many have said that the starbucks customers are also on the side of the union because they're like, you know, cause again, why wouldn't they be? If you're going to Starbucks, you're probably more on the left. You're probably, you know, and you sell those old school left values that the corporation's pretending to have but doesn't have. Yeah. So it's it's such an interesting thing. Where this, I think, is what's going to help fix some of the problems with ideologies. Well, not the problems, but like some of the some of the things that we're seeing right now, where you know. The, once the lines get crisscrossed enough and, and cracks start to form, then you have to wonder where you're like, it, it forces people to take a higher resolution look. Like you were saying in the beginning, it's so low resolution. The left-right divide is like mm-hmm. as pixelated as you can get. Well, now people are going to say like, okay, wait a minute. We need to break these pixels down into more pixels because I cannot, I can no longer define myself easily through this divide, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it's like a lot of the people that I end up respecting the most have been called everything along the spectrum in terms of mm. the pejoratives of like, you know, he, he's a left-wing loony all the way to he's a right-wing fascist, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's often because they've stayed relatively still, um, but then you get a... They're, they're a really good barometer of how much the, 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 the politics of both parties change and interchange mm. and how yeah. then how kind of flimsy their actual values are because a lot of these politicians have been around for decades mm-hmm. and they've continued to toe the party line while they've gone from anti-war to pro-war to back to anti-war to back to pro-war okay mm-hmm. for russia against russia uh hard you know hard against crime and now like oh no we, we need to abolish the police right like the whole spectrum has been run mm-hmm. And it's it's so disingenuous, it's so flimsy, and then you've got certain people, whether you like them or not, like who've kind of stayed where they are, and you're like, okay, like if I think of like actual like kind of tried and true liberals, like a Noam Chomsky, mm-hmm. or now there's Glenn Greenwald, who everybody thought was <laughs> was comfortably left, but like is now considered firmly on the right. You didn't know he was a mega hat wearing crazy. Trump thumper. Apparently, he is. That's that's what we've learned. <laughs> and 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 there are a lot of uh, there are quite a few other reporters within that mold, like a uh, Matt Taibbi as well, who used to be mm. uh, work with Rolling Stones, and now I think he's independent. And so it's it's just it's very interesting seeing these people who have really like again whether you agree or disagree, uh, it's it's that they're very well thought out about their worldview, mm-hmm. and so it's not going to change a ton. It'll change. It'll be a little little evolution um and then when you see that evolution it's actually really interesting it's actually a real 
deep, like almost profound wrestling with whatever you're going through because you've already thought about it so much. Mm. But they're kind of staying where they're at because and and hope and a lot of them they resist like labels of the day, right? They have, they have more kind of classical labels of like, no, I'm this is thing and within political philosophy, this does not change by being a Democrat or Republican. I'm neither. Mm. I'm I'm this thing and whatever wherever happened to fall, wherever the party happens to fall during the day, during this time, that's, that's kind of irrelevant. And, uh, yeah, again, it goes back to like why being more precise and being more like issue specific is so much more important and so much more valuable than having a, this loose ideology that loosely groups people who actually have, might have vastly divergent opinions together because not only will you get to understand each other better, which is, I think, just valuable. It leads to being more char- charitable with each other, mm-hmm. having a greater kind of sense of empathy and compassion for each other. But it also leads to actually trying to understand topics more deeply. I, it's kind of what we're doing with this podcast where we're mm-hmm. jumping into each topic. Um, we're not necessarily deep diving in terms of understanding things better. Like we're not doing a deep dive research we're talking mm-hmm. about it but it's the same sort of thing of trying to be thorough with whatever you uh, want to think about and actually want to tr- represent about yourself mm-hmm. like what i i just think it's what why in the world would you want, want to represent yourself as being a b and c when you've just kind of defaulted into it because you know i'm a liberal or i'm a conservative yeah. like that's just it's lazy it's it might not even actually properly reflect you mm-hmm. um it, it just it, it also inevitably will leave you feeling kind of foolish at some point because somebody will actually be like but why and you're like but uh i don't so, know like, you know i think this is a great bouncing off point because i want to mention one thing that i don't think that we've talked about deeply enough is one of my points is why are ideologies so damn attractive and i think one of the things that we haven't maybe gone into enough depth is you mentioned how an ideology makes it easier for people to live their lives. It's expedient. It lets you understand a whole lot of things all at once. Mm. I think there's two other factors that are very important that kind of explain why this stuff. So, I mean, yeah, you want to look at life through more of a nuanced lens, but there are very strong, attractive forces towards being in these ideologies. And I think another thing that you mentioned a little while ago, and maybe, maybe I, I, I'm misinterpreting this, but you talk about how like, one thing will will identify the whole of you or one one concept like you know you might have a strong environmental stance so suddenly it's like you're you're you like, again you could be like uh, apparently very old school conservatives because yeah, they're be, conserva- con- yeah, conservationists yeah they used to be pro wilderness pro environment until until the cons- until the republican and conservative parties got bought or got in bed with big oil and then it was like okay screw the environment yeah. and then the left took that as their you know their that was their passing the stick off to them yeah because Nick, <clears throat> Nick Nixon is the one who uh, created the the um, uh, what is it EPA mm-hmm. the, environmental, the environmental protection agency yeah. so yeah so you look at things like that and and again your one view on one point lumps you in with this big group now I the two things that came to mind whenever I think of um, ideologies is there's I think there's two very powerful things that any ideology or even a dogma, even a religion, even like you think of like when someone's brainwashed or indoctrinated, all these, all these, these um, kind of thing, like these, these, these forms of almost brainwashing. I'm gonna call it brainwashing loosely. It's I don't really mean it, but you know, like mm-hmm. a loose form of 
of brainwashing. The benefit of this is that I think it, it caters to two really important human desires. And the first is um, safety. So a lot of us fight very strongly to be right, regardless of whether something is for us or against us. Mm. We uh, Sometimes people are more driven to be correct than they are to, to say whatever is best for them, right? If, if I have a strong belief that, oh, I can never succeed in life because of X, Y, Z, because I don't look a certain way or because I don't act a certain way or because I'm not from a certain, whatever, it doesn't yeah. matter, whatever, right? And somebody shows you 30 examples of why that's not true, some people will still fight. And again, I'm, I'm going to think of examples that are comparative because I know some people say survivorship bias whenever you, say, whenever you bring up something like this. Mm -hmm. But let's assume that there's com comparative examples. Some people will still fight to the death about this because they want to stay right. Because every time you deviate from the known, you enter into the unknown. And intellectually, there is a certain point of, of, of um, dis-ease, discomfort that comes with taking on new viewpoints, new whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, being given, a, and it's like, I think about it too, it's like being given a map, right? If your map only has your neighborhood and nothing beyond it, you're not going to feel safe going beyond it. But when your map gives you everything, because again, if your ideology, the left-right divide, let's use this as a program example, if the left-right divide makes it so that like, you don't got to worry, we have everything covered. You're, you, you don't like the environment, you're good with oil companies, all right, let me tell you what else you like. You like guns, you like Trump, you like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's very easy to give you a full sense and that that gives us a sense of security. And then within that, the second point is that it also gives us a sense of the in-group. It gives us a sense of belonging. There's so much, like, there's so much desire to want to belong that you'll see people openly kind of, like, we, we see it all the time. You see, like, when you catch, whether whichever side you're on, and I know this is kind of a hard part because we all have our own biases. I bias right, you might, uh, you might bias left, you might not, you might bias center. But whenever you see somebody on the other side of your side and you feel like you caught them in something, you caught them, they're wrong, and you start to see them do, you know, like verbal gymnastics and sweasel their way out yeah. of it with like some sort of baloney, and you're like, this is bullshit. What the hell was that? Um, if you have the, the ability to see it on both sides, I do. I lean right, but I also see right-wingers try and weasel their way out of stuff where I'm like, no, no, they got you. You're... You look like an idiot and what you're saying right now is absolute like it's just bullshit you're just you're mm -hmm. you're writing an essay answer that no one's gonna read to, to just get out of something um, but if you can notice those times when it happens I feel like that is that's a showing of like this person has valued their safety and their uh, their uh, status or membership in the in-group yeah. above truth and that's the toughest part is that's where ideology become really powerful and then when you get in a, a culture war aspect, like right now, where you get in a time where certain views are offensive or certain views are almost like seen as attacking someone, you, we, you and I can, there's a million opinions that five, six years ago would have been totally fine. You say that opinion today, you're attacking a group and mm. you, you are at risk of being, maybe not assaulted, but like you're at risk of having someone like that you, a stranger that you have no clue of break all, all forms of common decency and start yelling at you for being a bad person, right? Yeah. So that kind of an environment is going to push people into safety and in-groups in a way. Yeah, so what I kept coming back to as, as, as you were saying all that is a, a political ideology as, as a religion or supplanting religion. Yes. Oh, that's Because huge. as the recession of, of religion has taken place in, in the West and the growth of just secularism 
which I think by and large is a good thing, but it's not, it's, it's, it, it becomes detrimental if there's nothing to, of value to replace it. And I think what's filling the void is, you know, cultural war in place of like holy war, right? Mm -hmm. The right, the need for, to be on the side of justice, of what is right, right? This is a lot of, a lot of religious stuff, having ways to see every aspect of the world, right? Politics everywhere, just like religion encompasses the entirety of yeah. your existence, right? So the in-group, out-group, the sense of community, the, the, the safety of, right, like, of, of being on the right side of, of divinity, it all comes together. So in some ways, it's much more shallow than religion mm -hmm. in terms of the comfort it provides. And that's why in some ways that maybe they're being even more they're digging in even more because they, they need to occupy their entire existence with politics and fighting the good fight because mm -hmm. in some ways there's a little bit less there in terms of, you know, your own personal comfort because there's no God, there's no, you know, there's, there's no divine, mm -hmm. which again, I'm not religious. I was raised well, a Muslim yeah. and I'm not, but like I completely get the value of it and, um, Politics just can't fill the void, so that's just keep getting more and more, you know, frothing at the mouth, crazy to mm -hmm. try to fill it, and that leads to it being more and more destructive on either side. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I, I'm there with you. It's 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 like um, the temptation of ideology, like it's, it's the temptation of any ugly thing in life that kind of provides you some foothold mm -hmm. so that you're not blown away by all that life has to throw at you mm -hmm. right so that's your culture that's your religion that's your ideology that's mm -hmm. all, all when you really expose yourself to what life has to offer it's absolutely terrifying it's so frightening you feel like you're a weed being blown around in a gust of wind and you're trying to fight <laughs> you're trying to burrow into you know your, your roots into the ground and so yeah, you'll, you'll reach out for everything. And like, you know, who are we to judge anybody for, for just reaching out? Because you need some, you need community. You need an understanding of what's happening around you. Mm -hmm. So even if it's false, even if your community is in some ways toxic and your behavior in it is not great, at least you're holding on to something and you're not just being blown away by life and yeah. all that it has to throw at you. And, um, if, if you're kind of fine there, I, I, I want to like slightly pivot from there mm. and to say part of that tempta temptation is we are so much more ignorant than we realize. We oh, know yeah. so little and we'll never know even close to enough to, to kind of feel adu ad adequate in terms of really understanding life. And so ideology or religion, whatever, it's a way to have a viewpoint on a hundred different things. It's mm -hmm. mediocre knowledge. Yeah. It's lot again. It's the lowest re resolution of knowledge. Mm -hmm. But hey, you you can, as as you're like, let's say, you're a man who has just come into this world somehow, fully formed man, and you're trying to figure the world out. And right now you have zero knowledge about like how to navigate it. Mm -hmm. And then he's that man is given an option. You can one by one figure things out, or here, here's here's this package. It's mediocre knowledge, but you now have a viewpoint on a hundred se separate things. Mm -hmm. You might take that deal. You might just be like, you know what? Working out all these millions of things one by one is going to be, 
it's going to mm. be pretty tough. So I'm going to take the conservative manual or I'm going to take the liberal leaflet or I'm going to take Islam or Christianity or whatever. And ah, my feet are on the ground. That yes. wind that was about to blow me away. Okay, I, 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 so I, I can stand security. my feet. Yeah. So much security all of a sudden. And I yeah. think it's even easier because a lot of people, you can, you can take the leaflet or the manual and you can probably, you can probably intuit which side you have to be on. It's not even like, it's not even like, like it's, it's one of those things like, it's like, I feel like, we could make up six more things in the culture war and we can pick them. Um, I love watching Breaking Points and Cigar uh, talks about how there's been a couple of points to try and turn fitness into a culture war aspect. Mm. And obviously, you know which side the right's going to be on, which side the left's going to be on. And it's just, it's so funny to me because it's like, as soon as, I, I remember the first time I saw it, I saw like culture war hits fitness and I was like I know exactly exactly <laughs> how these lines are going to get written in the sand I know, ex I know I can tell you precisely where they are 100% it's so easy right and it's like that manual and it, it, and it's like that thing too it's like that manual is so is so um, it's so comfort inducing because it also gives you a prescriptive view of the world you you can now handle new things better because you're like I kind of know how my in-group's going to feel about it mm -hmm. and and there was something That's else a great point. You're you're yeah. ready for whatever comes. There was something else that you said that I thought was actually kind of interesting. Is like, <laughs> in some ways, politics and religion are so alike in that the workings of God are mysterious. We know nothing of the workings of God except for what we're told through the Scripture. Or you can look at politicians and the working of politicians are so because <laughs> we only know what we're told by the media and what they say out loud, but none of it seems to make They're sense. They're all lizard here. people, dude. Yeah, it's like, what's going on there? So it's such, when you said that there was a part of me that's like, oh my God, you're absolutely right. Like they've taken the guy, they're like, we need to make this really vague. And when you, <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's, it's like, again, like, uh, so many of the policies, uh, you know, that, that, that are being voted on in Congress, they're like hundreds of pages and they're like mm -hmm. thick and, and they're completely opaque. Nobody's actually reading any of the, the uh, of these hundreds of pages, but they're being voted on, right? It's, mm. it, it's, it's, it's like that thing was, that was said in um, the movie, The Big Short, mm -hmm. where they're like, they purposely, like Wall Street purposely comes up with the most like, confusing language possible about these things so that nobody can actually get a sense of it. It's just like, okay, yeah, they're talking about like, mm -hmm. this, that's just fancy financial jargon. We're never, the, uh, the common man is never going to get it. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of the same thing in politics. There's a level of obscurism. It's almost like a mysticism, right? Yeah. It, again, it's like, politics is God. Like, yeah. <laughs> this thing above us that we cannot like actually fully fathom. And the other funny part too is it's like you think about it way back in the day you had to go to your priest for religion because only the priest could read. So you had yes. to you had to take their word for it. Now, we have to go to our news sources like, yo, can you please tell me what that 81,000 page bill means? Or something? I'm not going to read. Are you cr I cannot. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, the, the parallels are kind of scary almost. <laughs> And, you know, uh, just as a small side point, it's funny that you're like, you can completely understand uh, that, you know, the right is going to be more pro-fitness in this, in this mm -hmm. weird culture war issue, uh, which again, I'm, I'm sure is fairly fringe, but, but like... They're pushing, uh, they're just trying to make everything a culture war. I don't think yeah. it's actually going to, I don't think that's going to take, but you, again, you but, know exactly what side they're going to be on. But the interesting thing is, back in the day, meaning just like a decade back, the right wing mocked Michelle Obama so much because she she was 
coming out with this campaign, I I think I don't know if it was explicitly fighting obesity, but it was very much like children should be healthy and be active and they should get out and you know like mm-hmm. and the right mocked her like relentlessly for it. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show like this stuff just keeps bouncing back yeah. and forth. It's just ridiculous. One of the worst examples of this and I I I don't want to bring this up because I feel like this is something that a lot of right wingers use as like a talking point. Um, but it is historically accurate is that the original Democratic Party was actually the pro-slavery party, which is like the scary thing and like during the times of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And but I mean again, because they were representing the South. It, it wasn't necessarily like the the idea that we have of this like liberal conservative divide of being based on principles is largely based it's on false, yeah. Yeah, the the whatever what was the thing du jour? What was the what was the concept du jour? What where did our voters sit, sit and you know who do we have to represent who's going to vote for us again and and you know how can we pivot between elections and things like that yeah i, I don't want to say they're completely devoid of principle but they're fairly loose they you know they're 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 outliers like a bernie sanders mm-hmm. whether you like him or not he's clearly quite prin- principled well, that's yeah um and so there are a few others like that but outside of them there's a just a large contingent of people who just they want to be in the political game. Mm-hmm. They want to hold on to power, and they will realign themselves as much as they need to to mm-hmm. stay in power. And the same thing happens on a macro level with the party, where they'll be like, you know, it's it seems that we can get the black vote, so now we're gonna try to appeal to the black voter. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Democratic Party, when when they shifted towards like uh, uh, trying to appeal more to black people, that it was some great principle stance. It mm-hmm. was just like. The Republicans seem to be losing them. They seem to be turning their back on them. Now they're ripe for the taking. Yeah, right. And still great. I'm I'm happy. You know, like again, like it's it's great that like a lot of this stuff intentions be damned. Like at least if the consequences are good. But when it's yeah. now at the point where the intentions are are, are poor, and then the there's no poor. policy behind it. Right. It's yeah. a performance. It's it's this theater. Then that's when I get a bit angry because I'm like, yeah. there's, you're doing nothing for the average person now. And and the interesting thing too is, as you were saying, for these people who are more concerned with holding power than they are with the principles, you can also take that down to the micro level of the individual. It can be very very enticing, as a person, to as a as a as a lay person, a person who just, you know, you're an average Joe schmo, you're not anybody special. But it can be very enticing to use these uh, macro political events to get your own status, to get your own money, to get ahead of your own game. And I think that's the other scary part is that people on a, on a and again, this goes back to the ideologies, like people on their own personal levels are seeing how they can play these games to their own benefits, right? Like virtue signaling is the best example of this where people decide, hey, let me, you know, let me use my social media to get likes and views and tweets and, and, and you know, get mm-hmm. support for this thing and, and show how dedicated I am. And, I mean, again, the whole... The, there are people who legitimately care about a cause because it means something to them. And they, I think... I, I don't like the fact that now it everything seems like virtue signaling and that is a problem because there's plenty of people who are about a cause and really care about it and like the first time they come out on social media everyone might think oh you're virtue signaling it's like no maybe that person it's it's also let's just say virtue signaling in and of itself is not necessarily like the worst thing it's just that we've been so 
it's been so oversaturated and it's done in such a obvious shameless way that it's become bad but like the, the problem in some is ways like yeah yeah well yeah it, it exactly it's, it's also the sincerity part of it but yes. like you know like i might you know try to be signaling signaling virtue if i just say like hey you know like i i, I completely get that and i really respect what you're doing whatever group you're part of mm -hmm. but if i'm saying it like that of like no i actually completely respect you or I respect whatever you, you know your identities or whatever it's a kind of a little nice way of just being like hey look we're cool like mm -hmm. i'm the, 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 i'm trying to signal my virtue in a way of like trying to make things better between us mm -hmm. that's that's okay like that's just like a again a, a thing that doesn't have to be uh, um manipulative or cynical or, any, or anything mm -hmm. like that it's just it's so often is that it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of vitiated the pool for everybody yeah. now and, and i think the, the big thing is the incentive structure the incentive structure is you know you get to if you if you scream loud enough about a cause people are going to be like wow that person's so so into the cause and it's like you might have just heard about that last week and decide oh yeah. I'm, I'm i'm diving in on this one you know like and that's that's what's turned so much of this ugly is that it's also again that same short news cycle that same short attention span also makes it harder to look at your fellow man and understand i think you, you talk about this it makes it so much harder to look at your fellow man and look for you know what how principled is this person how much of what they're saying is based on you know their own deep character or them just taking a man chasing and, social yeah, capital again yeah. chasing social capital and all that stuff so it's it's very very interesting how this stuff uh how this stuff brings people to some weird places yeah and i don't know how much more uh we have to say about this but i think one last little point i want to raise is um, we've you know we've already talked extensively about many of the dangers of of, of uh, ideology, but I think one that we haven't maybe talked about enough is early indoctrination, mm. because it all not only is it you know lazy thinking, reductive, all low resolution, all that stuff, but it also the same way like the, the danger of religion is just closing a mind off and putting it in one place at an early age. The same thing is the case with ideology. Um, I, I, it's, it's, and, and, and you, it's kind of surprising how it might like manifest because like I, I see even, you know, um, you know, political commentators on YouTube, like you mentioned Breaking Points, mm -hmm. they're a bit older. Well, actually, Crystal is, uh, Sagar is, is younger, but he, he's younger than us. He's younger than me. But, but and um, but even so, it's 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 like he just recently got into fitness because he's still figuring out like different aspects of his life, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's bringing up things about like optimizing your hormones and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Which which we've already I think dis discussed personally and kind of like it's it's stuff that we've been fiddling around with for some years. Yeah. But 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 what I'm saying is that it the the uh, putting them aside like they're clearly people that i see on youtube that like they're somewhat in some ways intellectually stunted they have a they they can talk about politics forever they're not unintelligent that's clearly not the issue mm -hmm. but like i want like uh, there's some people who started on youtube in their teen years mm -hmm. and they're already like i'm a liberal right and i'm just thinking about it in terms of liberal because that's the sort of 
YouTubers that I followed growing up. Mm-hmm. And I was right there alongside them. And um, now that I've grown up a bit and distanced myself a little bit more from like YouTube mm-hmm. politics, at least enough so that I can kind of round myself off a bit more before I engage with politics now. Um, and I think, like, have you read any literature? Have you studied any philosophy? Have, again, this is not from a snobbish place. It's just mm-hmm. from a place of like, it's valuable. It's, it actually helps inform your life. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just stuck in terms of right, left, battles back and forth, it's, it's, and even about like things that I completely agree with, right? Like Medicare for all or whatever it might be. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, yes, but like, have you, have you read a book about the common man? And mm-hmm. like, like, have you read Steinbeck? Right. Have, mm-hmm. have, have you studied like not just have you not just gotten to the weeds of like American politics, but like have you studied political philosophy mm-hmm. and philosophy beyond that? Have you st- studied ethics and moral philosophy? Mm-hmm. All this stuff goes back into politics and enriches your, your way of understanding your fellow person. That's part of the issue with ideology. Right. It's, it's like your inability to understand others. It, it, it like it makes you less compassionate, less understanding. And if you're just from your teen years in the trenches and just already completely captured by ideology, you, you just, you have a, you have a limited life. You have a limited yeah, it, map of the world. And you almost become this howitzer for your side where you're just like a piece of artillery that's got like, uh, you have a, um, you have a, uh, an, uh, an explanation for every problem with your side. The one that I think of that with that is I think of some of these uh, right wing dudes, and it's funny because I like some of the stuff that they do, but the, I've seen you know, you see those ones, Ben Shapiro pones this this. Yeah, lib. he's another one um, where he's on the right, but like he started at such a young age. Yeah. Now, to his credit, like I I I think he still went to, um, you know he 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 got his education at like some I think very prestigious mm-hmm. places and yeah. he studied law and like he. He did round himself off a fair bit, mm-hmm. but even then, I can't help but think that in some ways he seems to just be be stuck in a certain yeah. sort of corner. And maybe it's less about his politics and more about maybe his Judaism, because that also oh, yeah. probably no, they, puts him in a certain so, box. And, but. and that's an interesting one, because I think I'm actually very impressed with Ben over the last little bit, because I feel like he has softened the edges and stopped being so... Um, he's almost, he's, I, I feel, and, and it could just be that I've been exposed to very specific, cause I don't listen to that much of his stuff, yeah. but I'll see his videos and I think he has done a better job of, of seeking to explain his views without necessarily just antagonizing the other side. Whereas like before, I feel like there was definitely a part of antagonizing the left that was part of his whole shtick in those like answering students and things. For a long time. And I, I, he still does this. Yeah. I, 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 I do think you're right that he's tried to engage with others better and stuff. And, yeah. But, but like, certainly back in the day and even now a bit, which is, I think, part of his issue is that, like, he's very much the right, the right's, like, attack dog. Like, yes. here's left-wing red meat and here's Ben well, Shapiro. Yeah. Let him go. Let the, the, the leash is... <laughs> slacken the leash and let him attack that red meat and tear it apart. I and, actually uh, think that he's been... I don't think he's their attack dog anymore. I think they have two other guys who come off very strong and very abrasive for it. Um, I think it's Michael Knowles and uh, yeah. Kirk... Charlie Kirk, I think it is. 
Yeah, Those are I, two guys I, I, see. I, I find them. Um, they both tend a to lot be a lot less interesting. Yeah, specifically they... Charlie Kirk, but um, but both of them are a little bit like just very much along the lines of just hit these talking points, just fight the culture war. Yes, they're they're very. I find both of them, but I find both of them to be much more of like they, at least the way they present themselves in the few again. We're seeing a limited part of their videos. They do tons of talks. They do tons of things. Yeah. We see what I see. What makes it to my YouTube feed sometimes, and I don't watch all of them because, like, I don't care sometimes. Um, but you know, it, they they strike me more as the attack dog type. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And then Ben Shapiro right now, but but I see where you. But what I, the point I was making is, you know, in some ways, when you've been doing it since you were very young, you become so good at answering certain tough button questions in your language in in the language of your side in your sides you know because i mean i'm just gonna say it, i think both sides fail to do certain things that they claim to do well so your For both sure. sides have their excuses right. the left has their excuses the right has their excuses both sides complain oh it's because of xyz and you get very good at saying those excuses i do think though on on the point of indoctrination when you're a little kid it's like indoctrination goes deep because it's more than just being exposed to it it's also being exposed to it whilst being put in a politicized incentive structure. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean is, you know, again, look, I was, like, I don't even think I was indoctrinated by anything, but I was very, like, when I was in high school and, like, in my early 20s, I was a full-blown commie. Mm -hmm. I was very socialist. I thought, you know, like, I would would look up all the reasons why the world was unequal. So you used to be a decent person and then you lost Yeah, at all. I used to wear a Che Guevara shirt and have long hair. It Mm -hmm. was, I, you know, there was a time when (laughs) girls would like me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, point being though, but it's like, I was very, and again, I'm Slavic. So I come from a country where, you know, communism was actually, I would argue, deemed to be successful and all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, and um, then over time, I, you know, I read some Ayn Rand and that should change my world. I'm totally kidding, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, really? There we go. Yeah, there we go. That's, a, that's, that's, that's uh... how it is. It's the young Eastern European men who suddenly it's like, well, and Senna has this German accent. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's terrible. But the point is, um, you know, you see it and, and, and I was, and there was, there was an incentive structure there for me to keep those views because there were people I thought were cool who thought the same way. There were people I wanted to impress who thought the same way. But that incentive, but, but, but at some point, if you're just a seeker of, I don't want like seeker of truth, ooh, so sick. But if you're, if you're somebody just interested and curious and you want to scratch the surface and see what's underneath it, you're going to start seeing bullshit under every side that claims to have everything figured out. You mm-hmm. scratch religion far, like I'm very spiritual and I'm down with all the religions, but I will call bullshit on so much stuff. It, you don't have to scratch deep. God is ever loving but man does he not like homosexuals that they they just grind his gears it's like that doesn't mean i don't have to scratch very far to see how you know the doctrine of loving everyone equally kind of seems a little sus right here same thing with you know socialism and these other things like this is a for the people by the people then you scratch a little bit on the surface of like what communism was like under the russians and you're like wait a minute so there was rubles for the common people and special rubles for the people who had uh, not necessarily a currency, but it's like it was a known thing of favors. Mm-hmm. Like my dad made me read this one book that I think it was great that he made me read. It was a, uh, and it, again, it might have been partially propaganda, but I'm pretty sure a lot of this stuff was was verified after. But in the 70s, 
an American snuck into Russia, lived with them for like three, four years, came back over and wrote a book about it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he mentioned was like, yeah, like there is inequality there. It's not, and I mean, we all know this now, but again, some of the, some of the examples that he gave was like, um, you know, everyone had a state mandated vacation. You were given your vacation, like, you know, oh great, everyone, get, all workers get a two week vacation, but it's like the vacation is in the Black Sea in, 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 in what's now Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you work in the government or you're a military official, well, you get to go there peak season August. That's when you go. Yeah. And that's when all the, the elites seem to go. And then in the wintertime in February, it's like, <laughs> hey, draw the fucking lottery. If you get it, you're in. If you're not, you're not, you know? Uh -huh. So um, there was, but, but and, and even as I was starting to question it, I could see certain people trying to give me the easy answer. And almost like in seven, I was like, yeah, hey, just... Just don't look at that. Don't look there. Don't 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 think about it. It's okay. You're mm -hmm. still one of us. And realizing that that incense like that structure is, I think, what causes indoctrination to be truly there. Because, like you said, some of these examples of YouTube, you got to think about it. This person has. If you started politically on a certain route, like let's say you're Ben Shapiro, right? You started being super pro right from a very young age. You started being super pro Israel from a very young age, and the people around you were like, "Wow, we love this about you." Your economic ties get get incentivized in that. Your relationship ties get incentivized in that. Your future in some ways. People who really yeah. like, you know what I mean? The people who want to support you are like, wow, I love what you're saying. It gets incentivized. So the difficulty, I think, is in having systems where we can indoctrinate people. Because indoctrination is like, I think it's it's subject to an incentive structure, not just subject to what content you are force-fed. Yeah, imagine if... Tomorrow, Ben Shapiro has a change of heart. He you know he leaves his faith and he becomes you know left leaning and all this stuff. Like mm -hmm. that's his life done. You know that's that that that's he that's his community over. Mm -hmm. That 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 that's his. I'm sure uh, he'll be able to find like a left wing space because he's a big enough figure. Oh, but... they'll take him in for sure. They'd love to parade him around like crazy. Look what we did. Yeah. <laughs> We won over the rights attack dog. But I, I just, I just mean like, yeah, you're right. Like he, in some, in some sense, um, like he could do it and he could be fine in terms of his finances. But in mm. another sense, like there's no real pivot available to him because he mm. probably loses everything else in mm. terms of like his friends and yeah. Again, uh, to be fair, I do think that he actually believes the stuff that he says. I do think no, that he's, I, 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 he's I, legit in that. Yeah, but no, yeah, I, I, but he would I, lose everything. Yeah, there, there, I, for sure, there are certain, and actually, I do think this is more of a right wing phenomenon than a left left wing one. There are certain kind of performative right wingers who are like, I think you might be roughly right leaning, but you've taken this up like ten notches so mm -hmm. that you can have a political career on YouTube or on social media mm -hmm. or, or wherever the hell else. Well, I mean, I'm sure that feels recently because I, uh, this is actually funny. It was something you said uh, before about how certain people like Glenn, Glenn Greenwald and other people have, they've stayed the same, but the spectrum has moved around them so that they went from being like super pro-liberal to super right-wing per perceptionally, Yeah. but they've never moved. And I feel like that that's kind of like what a lot of people have just experienced in like oh, no, so just not, having uh, valid, like their normal views. They've been pushed over to a side and it's like there's probably some people who are center-left in 2015 who haven't moved and are now on the right wing and they're like okay well i gotta make right wing talking points because my views only resonate with people no no so right. there's there's definitely um a group and and this is a 
peculiar conservative phenomenon. Actually, it's not peculiar when you think about it because mm. because they feel a little bit more culturally under attack and more of like the underdogs. Mm-hmm. When they get like somebody who's really speaking up for them and their points of view, they blow up way bigger. Like in terms of, if you think like, uh, again, in like the social media kind of space, YouTube space, mm-hmm. you think of Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens and like the, yeah. the, uh, the uh, Steven Crowder. These people have way bigger channels than any left-wing equivalent. There's mm-hmm. no left-wing uh, Ben Shapiro. He mm-hmm. has millions and millions of like followers. Mm-hmm. Who on the left compares nobody? There's no, you know, equivalent YouTube commentator on the left. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that you're even more incentivized on the right to turn it up several notches because you can blow up overnight, become a huge, huge deal. And you, yeah, there's a level of insincerity with them. Again, not Ben yeah. Shapiro at all, but like there are, there are some people. Do you think that that... Do you think that's a recent phenomenon or a more old phenomenon? Because I, I feel like part of that might also be explained by the fact that most legacy media, outside, like if you think of the major news networks in the States, outside of Fox News, they're all pretty much like, I mean, I, 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 don't, I haven't really scrutinized this fully, but the, 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 the leading narrative is that everything but Fox leans heavily left, right? In terms of the news. So it, maybe that's the reason why they don't have the YouTube stars or you don't think that's it at all? So just the the thing about heavily left again is it's the it's the problem with ideology or it's a problem right, with yeah. labels, right? Because yeah. left they're just not on means our side; very... they're heavy on the other. No, it it, it it's like is CNN um, culturally left leaning for sure, mm-hmm. and are they pro the Democratic Party? Yes, but ultimately, what CNN is is pro establishment, right? Because mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders is on the left; he's mm-hmm. actually a proper rep- representative of somebody who has left policies as mm-hmm. well and cnn did not like bernie sanders at all yeah in, fa- in fact they sort of conspired against him with the yeah. clinton campaign in certain ways um same with like andrew yang for example like he again he's not like far left but he you know he introduced universal basic income mm-hmm. with, and both MSNBC and CNN really tried their best not to cover him as well. So, are they left or are they you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, but anyway, you're right. That, that's such a huge that's such a huge distinction to make there because it's so easy for people who are ideologically on the right to just throw this catch-all term and lose so much of what's lose so much of the, the meaning there because you're absolutely right. They're not. It's not quote unquote left. It's a specific establishment. Yeah. It's, it's it's a slightly left-leaning part of the establishment mm-hmm. is most represented there. The elite, the, the, the elite, basically like almost, not the, prog- the progressive elites, but like... Uh, the way I like to kind of view it in my head is think of like a some generic rich Hollywood actor. He's going to be socially very progressive, mm-hmm. but he does not want to be taxed. He does not want to, you know, he does. So they're socially left. There's for every activist, uh, you know, point of view and every social march and every like they're going to be for all of that. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to policy, they're quietly going to donate to the people who are going to 
make sure that they're the top one percent is not taxed. That you, yeah. you know you, you don't get UBI, you don't get universal health care. They, they 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 will go for the most milk toast Democrat politicians are not going to rock the boat. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like pro establishment is you can go wild on your social issues. They don't actually mean anything. They're a performance. Yeah. They're a charade. And when things really matter in terms of helping the working class man, mm. nothing's going to change. Don't, don't rock anything. the boat. Yeah. So that's why Sanders, Sanders is a big no-no. Mm. But, you know, like a generic sort of Pete Buttigieg, perfect. Clean yeah. cut image. Uh, 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 progressive. Progressive. First homosexual president exactly, ever if yeah, he gr- wins. But, but is he going to really rock the boat? Is he really going to make things better for the working class? No. no. <laughs> and so that that's what I actually see most of the media as. They're mm-hmm. they're elitist in that elites can wave about their their pet social issue of the day, mm-hmm. but they don't want things to change because change would mean change to what got them to becoming elite in the first yeah. place. And no, they, that order cannot be disrupted. Um, and this is kind of nice because we came full circle. We said you know we need to be precise and then we now we just yeah. worked out like the, the precision precise, yeah, yeah yeah but um is there anything else to be said now about ideology because this has been uh, quite a big it's been boy. a long we, one yeah. yeah this has been a long one um i think i think i'm ready to do final wraps because there's there's one more thing that i think is very interesting okay. but i think it, it, it falls under the takeaways part of of this so what are you okay. what are your takeaways from from this big discussion on ideology um, you know, like I had sort of like some of our semi cliched at this point takeaways of just, mm-hmm. you know, be open minded and all this stuff. But I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I kind of feel like I've said what I'm about to say. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I, the, 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 the solution is within what we talked about, which is just trying to be precise with language, mm-hmm. trying to, um, look at things one by one so you actually get a proper in-depth understanding of yourself yeah. and each other and deep get deeper into issues uh, maybe what i'll add there is be comfortable with with uh with your own ignorance mm-hmm. and so don't don't let yourself be hurt or or, or or somehow feel lesser than because somebody challenges a point of view that you think is somehow important it's actually not yeah that these, shout these, them down Beat them with your volume. You punch them out. But yeah, you know what I mean? Just like the more you can distance yourself, that doesn't mean don't have principles. Principles are usually important, but mm-hmm. the more you can distance yourself from from be, be, trying to align yourself perfectly with some kind of ideology, the better off you'll be and the more you'll actually be able to grow um, because you'll be open to hearing things and not being... Because when, when you get hurt, you have that self-defense mechanism of like, let me just clutch onto what I have right now. Yeah. Um, hopefully, then even if, 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 if you're acting in good faith, then maybe a few days on, you'll still change your mind once mm. you once once you like kind of recover. But a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people, they just further entrench themselves. So yeah, be willing to have your ignorance confronted. Be open to the fact that you're deeply ignorant. So is everybody um and i i yeah i i i think i'm 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 happy I, with that i think that's an, amazing and, and it's actually kind of a good like 
I wanted to offer one last lens of looking at this and you kind of, you kind of talk about it too is, um, ideologies help us change the game from person versus self to person versus person. I'm sure you've heard like in, I remember learning when, uh, um, in English class in like grade seven, there's like three different types of stories. It's, it's person versus self, person versus person, person versus environment. And is there a fourth one? Person versus something else. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Either way, mm-hmm. point being, we can kind of understand what those mean. And to me, I think one of the one of the things that makes ideology so great is that it, it's useful for living life because it lets us look at things as a person versus person aspect. And that can um, that can help us navigate our world, that can help us make quick decisions, that can help us understand things. And mm-hmm. even, and I know it sounds person versus person sounds violent and terrible, but even just like person versus person is going to help you test your own views because if you if you engage with people in a and not antagonistic way but in 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 an and in uh I don't know what the term is but when you disagree with people when you don't agree with people when you mm-hmm. when you want to see things in a different view and some people don't see it the way that you do when you engage with people in that sense you actually improve your world view because you're going to hear other people's sides of the story if you're always you know if it's always like me and you're a kumbaya no matter what you say then I'm not going to get a certain level of depth in your story because I'm not going to probe the the outer reaches and see why do you believe this? How do you like, you know what I mean? There's as much as, as much as you talk about people talking past each other with their ideologies, there is so much benefit for a third party person to be looking at this and say, Oh, look, these people like this person gave a whole bunch of reasons why they're on side X. This person gave a whole bunch of reasons why they're on side Y. And I see how there is a, a play in between. And for me, it's like, the reminder that there's a person versus self part to life. Mm-hmm. You are in this meat cage with yourself, and you whether there actually is two versions of you or not, we it's something that we can conceptualize as like yes, there's me, and then there's another me, and the two of us can have a conversation. And in that understanding, it's like a lot of people use an ideology to never have to check themselves because they figure their group will tell them how to think, mm-hmm. and the world will will corroborate to their beliefs. Or they're gonna fight to change it, you know. Yeah. And um, like you were saying, you know, accepting your own ignorance and and taking some time to think about what you went through. To me, it's like remembering, you know, you can play this game as person PvP, person versus person, but there's a person versus self aspect. And if you don't, if you don't engage with that part of life, it will lead to stagnation in your thought process, stagnation in your your in, in how you understand the world. And ultimately, I think it leads to bad outcomes down the line. Not for everybody, not always. Some people will grow up in a, you know, some people, like if you grow up in a, in a town that's deeply religious and you stay deeply religious your whole life and you never leave that town, you might be perfectly suited and adapted to have the best life in that town, right? But for the average person who's going to be exposed to all kinds of views, all kinds of things, and for the person who is more curious about the world and wants to see more of it and understand more of it, you have to remember to have those person versus self moments where you check your own ideologies because ultimately the way that everybody else is going to check them for you is going to be the other side harassing you and attacking you violently so you (laughs) you you know that's not a comfortable way to kind of think oh do i agree with this um it's much better to do it on your own afterwards so i think and again that just ties into what you were saying about the whole you know knowing your own ignorance you're Mm -hmm. we don't we don't there's so much we don't know Mm mm-hmm I think that's a perfect place to wrap this up because, yeah, I think this might actually be our biggest podcast yet and I think aptly so because there's a lot to be said there. Oh, yeah. 
tons. But yeah, let's let's uh, wrap up this podcast. So thank you everyone for joining us on this episode of Life's Difficult. If you jo- enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a positive rating or review or comment, or if you shared it with others or you know anybody you think might like it. Take care and we'll see you next week for another episode of Life's Difficult.